I can't believe my luck. That's the most Australian I've ever sounded. (laughs) Sir, I can't believe my luck because... Don't try and be posh. The indescribable but heaps funny Rowdy Walden has decided to join me. I've never said your name out loud. It's a bit strange, isn't it? Did I say it right? You did. Good. Today I was at a cafe and because, you know... Oh, you're showing off. Um, that's just the life I lead. Uh, as a cafe and the girl's like, what name? And I was like, Rowdy. And she looked at me as if I was lying to her. Did I say your name? Yes. You did it's say It's Rowdy name, Walden. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, not an, it's not a noun. It's an adjective. Um, and my parents still don't understand the difference. Do you have siblings? Yes. What are their first names? Uh, my older sister, <clears throat> her name is Ashton. Right. Um, and my younger brother, his name is Wyatt. So we're all named. Your parents just went, nope, we're not, oh, they we're not going some, conventional. They got some Scrabble tiles and <laughs> threw them against the wall. Um, this is a really boring story that's not related to the podcast, but I will tell you. Yes. Um, we're all named after country western movies. <gasps> so, Rowdy. No, I was going to guess, but... It- I have no <laughs> knowledge whatsoever of country and western uh, movies. Wild, Wild Earth. Wild West with Will Smith. <laughs> what? No, that was a joke Good. about the movie Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Good. One of my favourites. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Wild Earth, obviously. Yeah. Um, Rowdy Yates from the movie Rawhide. <gasps> um, and Ashton from a movie called North and South. Hello. <laughs> the kids outside. They might not be able to... Can you hear the kids outside, everyone? This is the first time that I have recorded in my new house because I moved house. Uh, let me describe it. There's a, a funny colour on the walls. Um, well, I wouldn't know that, would I, Rowdy? She's colourblind, everyone. Get over it, Joe. <laughs> um, there's a funny colour on the walls. Um, there's cardboard lying all over the floor. I think it is the floor. Um, and it smells of urine. He's lying. <laughs> it's a glamorous Uber mansion. My mum wanted to call me Trewilliger. What is Tr- what movie is that from? Um, that is Sideshow Bob's first name. Bob G- Trewilliger. I'm- Last name. Bob Trewilliger. From The Simpsons, Joe. Can you see that my eyes are watering? <laughs> Can you see Out that? Out of fear for what my life could have been. <laughs> I'm sure Rowdy has worked far better for Oh, you. it's worked out great. Look at me. I'm, I'm- on a podcast about cults. <laughs> It's a pinnacle, Rowdy. Okay, I love, <laughs> I love today's cult topic. Yeah, because it's unusual. It's not. It's violent. not a traditional cult, is it? No, there's nothing scary about it. Not really, but it's yeah, it's not scary. It's not violent. They don't do mean things. They don't recruit followers, for mm. example. But they are a cult. I mean, they're. I'll play the music. Yeah. Tell me your stupid name. Tell me your stupid name. Rowdy. (laughs) That's an amazing joke. And, uh, well, what is the name of the cult? Uh, The actual name of the cult is um, the Prince Philip Movement. And this is the Prince Philip Movement, which is quite incredible. It's the it's a certain type of cult, and that type of cult is a cargo cult, which I want to talk about first. Mm-hmm. One of the dangers in talking about this, because we're going to be talking about um, some reasonably primitive tribes of Melanesia, so mostly Vanuatu, but there's also some cargo cults in um, Fiji and the Cook Islands and Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. and living dangerously. I know, but that's the thing. Even I feel weird even saying primitive tribes. Yeah, it does feel a bit... I I, I don't want to use the word racist, but maybe naive. Like, when I was looking at it, I was like, this is... It's a developing country. It's not third world. It's not developed. Well... They're not... It's a developing country by our standards, but as far as... Traditional, oh, they're a tribe. Traditional Ni Vanuatu. That's the collective term for Vanuatuese. Didn't Google it. Uh, <laughs> totally Google it. They've got quite an advanced culture as far as their culture is concerned. 
this whole podcast will just go under the guise of it's really, really hard to talk about relatively primitive by our standards cultures without thinking of them as lesser than us basic or yeah. cute or um yeah lesser yeah because by their stand uh, standards is still the wrong word but for them it's like it's a way of life yes where like where you think of like westernized cults like scientology i feel like you can criticize them more because they come from the same place yeah one of the fascinating things about cargo cults is partly in relation to that in that cargo cults and we're about to explain what they are in a sec yeah Uh, stay tuned yeah stay tuned (laughs) Mm -mm. riveting they're a particular culture that was previously isolated it's their managing of new information and Mm. incorporating that into the stuff they already know and believe i guess it's like them seeing white people or technology as aliens like if aliens came to australia we would probably form cargo cults based on that yes and that's the thing the way that they've incorporated the new the new information so from because really the first missionaries were the late 1800s to um some of the remote parts of vanuatu like tanner island which we're talking about a lot the way that they incorporated a lot of the new information is actually quite sophisticated and there's no way that we as a culture and we're so wedded to our culture mm. that we could as elegantly incorporate brand new information and brand new concepts into our culture as they have into theirs oh like even simply as like a modern society trying to change the date of australia day it's a nightmare yeah like you know like things that are quite simple like oh changing the date of something in a western society becomes a bit of a fuck but they've like seen an airplane in these cargo cults have seen an airplane or they've had like a newspaper left in vanuatu and gone this is the bible you know yeah okay so here's (laughs) the basic deal with cargo cults give me the facts thornley (laughs) uh islander culture in melanesia has it's they're relatively isolated and Tana, which is the island that we'll be focusing on in Vanuatu, is even seen as one of the most traditional. They've held on to traditional beliefs and customs much longer than many others. So there are a number of reasons that white culture, and let's just put a whole lot of finger inverted commas uh, around all I've of got this. my fingers doing the 66 and 99 yeah. the whole time I'm talking. <laughs> And I'm not that, talking about my sex life. No, that's right. Is it, oh, 60. Yeah, that's what I've been doing it wrong. It's always either 66 or 99. Hey, spooning. Um, well, there are a number of reasons that white culture became introduced gradually to the remote islands. Oh, sorry. Mm. Yes. Um, and I, I think at this point in the podcast, people will be thinking, oh, cargo cults, that's a bit intrusive because it really is colonization at its finest yes it's modern people modern white people going into untapped Mm. tribes kind of what happened with the the amazon tribe Mm. and like fucking them up really so there were three three intrusions and one was colonization because because um vanuatu i think both english and french colonization and rule if you can call it rule when the people that already live there don't actually agree that you're going to be Um, the rulers? Stolen. Stolen. (laughs) Uh, There were missionaries who were trying to spread the word of God and I have grave and fundamental issues with the idea of missionaries because it's you just imposing your idea as the right one. And the third one was uh, military because in World War II, a lot of Melanesia including the New Hebrides, as Vanuatu was called at the time, uh, the uh, US troops used that as a base because they were stopping the Japanese from heading down into Oceania. I've never said Oceania out loud before and I don't want to ever again. You did really well. No, I'm not sure I did. (laughs) Right, so they're spreading their influence. 
and it comes in like bits and pieces so some of it is the word of so-called god as a as a person listening to the idea of cargo cults you think oh that's wrong Mm. but vanuatu was named the happiest place on earth twice in a row have you been never it's so nice after seeing pictures i don't wanna really tenor looks horrible i think it looks Amazing! I just spat. That's how amazing. No, I think it I'd, looks amazing. If I was going to go to a developing country, I'd go to Bali where I can get a bing tang. Uh, I just like the idea that clearly missionary influence and Western influence is a bad idea in these places because they've got their shit sorted. They've got their shit sorted, but they also don't have a way of fact-checking information. So, How relaxing would that be? Right, but also brainwashy easily. Well, Because yeah. if someone came to your door and they were like, oh, I'm Jesus, and you didn't have Google, you're like, okay. But, dude, that happens here. Like, people, if people fact-checked Jesus, <laughs> they've got... Okay, let's just leave but that there. Let's leave, because we're not... We're, we're a developed country. Yeah. So, right. Moving on. Back on track. So... What has happened is that... God, it's hard to explain, isn't it? Yeah. But the relatively primitive cultures are getting fed quite a few ideas. And when they're colonised, then a lot of the government buildings or police stations, which tribes people visit every now and again, they've got pictures of of, uh, white-skinned people up. They're also seeing... Who they've never seen before. Never seen before. They're also seeing... Uh, Aeroplanes. They're yeah. getting weird rations of food that and they've US never eaten. And US soldiers, both black and white. And they're going, these guys have got things. So, goods. Just things. Radios and canteens and a lot of factory-made goods. goods. Yeah. And these people, they find or make everything they have. And so they're not aware that some things are made in a factory. So that seems like fucking magic to them. They have no industry, do they? They're just living on an island. No, if anything, they grow things, but that's it. They don't, like, there's no manufacture. So mm. these things look magical. So they're seeing white people that are treating some black people as equals, so the GIs, um, and they've got all this stuff, this magical cargo, and sometimes planes are coming over and delivering this cargo. And I got a really good fact about this. Oh, hit me with your fact. So a lot of a lot of the culture is based on what they call a big man culture. So right. it's you negotiate power by gift giving. Um, so the more stuff you have to give, the more pe- other people are kind of in your debt. And so the more power you have. Right. And they call people who aren't in a position to reciprocate um, rubbish men. Classy. Whereas, whereas I, <laughs> I sort of reserve that phrase for people who put gym selfies on Tinder. They're, to me, they are the true rubbish men. Um, and because of colonisation and, and military visits, those these cultures are inundated with people with all these goods. So they're feeling like rubbish men because they don't have enough stuff to give, to that, reciprocate with yeah, gifts. Yeah. So with all this, with all this stuff we've talked about, we've got some white influence, we've got some traditional beliefs. There's this idea of cargo cults. Developing countries, military or missionary influence, mm. spawns some type of cult. We'll use a bit of our belief and a bit of your belief. A bit of your belief. I think I, I, I looked a lot at like why it happened mm. and there's no answer. No. Well, it's just a kind of evolution, I think. Yeah. So they believe, from the missionary influence, they believe that a messiah is coming there will be the end of the world, but mixed with their beliefs, that will mean that it will be the black man's turn to have all the cargo, to have all the goods. So if they just wait and are patient and are good, the Messiah will come and he'll go, it's your turn. All of the goods will be passed over to them. Which is 
bizarre in itself. Yes. That their whole being is now revolved around a hodgepodge of beliefs. It's fantastic. Like, but then name a religion that is. Ooh. Saucy. Mm. Uh, in Australia, the dreaming. Yeah. No influence. Like, you try and tell Aboriginal people that they're wrong and that doesn't exist or it penetrate that belief, there's no swaying. Yeah, but the gorgeous thing about, like, Koori dreaming and this kind of thing is you're observing things that you see and you're, you have stories that explain that. Yeah. So that's kind of this as well. That Do you think there's traditional stories about cargo cults though i mean there are especially the one we're gonna the prince philip mm. we're gonna talk about but it's sort of almost a bit made up do you know what i mean like it's it's sort of i would but so is the dreaming and so is catholicism and so is yeah so are a lot of religions are we I, gonna have a fight no i just you've just uh, sort of broken me a bit because growing up with the dreaming like yeah. my mum's aboriginal and my we grew up in a sort of yeah semi-traditional concrete curry life where my dad was adopted and my nan who didn't pass away until i was about 10 so it was this sort of hyper connected dreaming where yeah. she sort of wanted us to believe in God, because that's what the missionaries told her to believe in. Yeah. But also it was this like, no, these are the real stories. That's right. But You know? And then, so you, you blew my mind a bit because you were like, it's made up. And I was like, oh, yeah, wait, actually, people don't actually, people don't have the same beliefs. No, but people attach themselves to their own stories because, like, nearly every single religious story is fucking beautiful. Yeah. And... People are super passionate. And that's why there's wars based on religion. But it's all made up. Yeah. And that's... But... Because, like, But that's tell not me, me saying they're worthless, it's all made up. They're all made up, but they're all gorgeous yeah. in the way that they've come about. Yeah. All the stories are. Yeah. I just, sorry, I just didn't ever think that it was made up. Because mm. I was like, oh, yeah, Jesus is made up and the Prince Philip movement is made up. And then you're like, the dreaming is made up. And I was like, no, it's not. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> But like, that's, it's this weird sort of... And I mean that with every single religion that I say is made up. Yeah, I okay, I'm pretty sure if we tried to convince... Utterly respectfully, the, because... The people of Tanner that yeah. Prince Philip wasn't their saviour, they wouldn't believe it. That's a spoiler. But that's the thing, like, that's what cultures do. They look around yeah. at the information that's available to them and they just go this is our explanation and I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like with a lot of cults take it way too far, but the way that most religions come into existence is lovely. Do you think that cults and religions are one in the same? I... Like after doing this whole podcast? I think... Because like Catholicism... I've come, I know, everyone says that. You know that. what I mean? Everyone says that. Okay, great. Cliche. Good I job, have my own specific criteria for what makes a cult. Yeah, right. And admittedly, today's doesn't tick them all off. They don't have to tick them all off. Um, but a lot of religions tick at least three of those off. I'm glad that I've chosen one that doesn't meet the brief. <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest and best known of the cargo cults from Tanner, mm -hmm. and it's called, is it John Frum? I struggle to pronounce his last name mm. because it's not an actual word. Let's go with John Frum. 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 John Frum. <laughs> Frum. And they believe that this mystical John... Well, he's a real person, actually. ...is the Messiah. I, am I wrong? No, you're, you're not wrong. How did this cult come about? How did they name themselves, Rowdy? So... John, the John from cult is probably probably the the biggest cult on Vanuatu, the island of Vanuatu, right? There's not Vanuatu is like eighty three islands or something. Uh, hello, on geography. <laughs> <laughs> in the hood, in the hood, in the hood, in the hood, biggest one. Yes. Uh, and so this cult, John from, who they believe is going to one day, he was an African American man. 
who's one day going to return with all of this cargo mm. for them to live a happy life and their crops will succeed and their everything will be great. Mm. But the name of the cult comes from the American soldiers introducing themselves. Hi, I'm John from... America. Or John from Ohio. And yeah. then it's just called the John from cult, which is... I love that. Great, but also wildly bizarre. But that, I love it because it's so simple. It's so simple, but also how many fucking Johns... <laughs> Were they in the military? <laughs> How many Johns? That's, I know. Dear, the dear John from letter. <laughs> Sent home all the time, breaking people's hearts. Yeah, so they just think that he left when the war ended. And I don't actually know if they knew there was a war. But he left when the war ended and that one day he will return. And bringing all the goods. Soz, guys, he's probably dead. And because John from the John from cult... Um, originated with contact with the military. They celebrate his supposed birthday every year, which I think is fifteenth February. Yeah, and by they, dressing up as yes. army in like American army uniform, and they paint war uh, military insignia, military insignia on themselves, and the words USA uh, yeah, the across their USA, chest. And they have rifles made of sticks. So it's become ritualized where they do this ritual, but they've also cleared spaces for runways to ready to receive this cargo that they're going to have. So like that, this started in the 1950s. Mm. I'm not good at maths. It's now 2018. Every Jan, every Feb 15, they're doing this thing waiting for John. Yeah. By my crude calculations, he ain't coming back. See, the thing with deities, Rowdy, is that they transcend death. Yeah, which is a hard, a hard sort of concept. concept to get your head around, isn't it? Yeah, but it's kind of there in every religion, nearly. That's true, that's true. That's the whole point of the after... Otherwise, religions would just be between 70 and 90 years long. I've brought it down. I'm so sorry. One no, of the other sorry. Things... I, I only went quiet because I started thinking about Harold Holt and I got a bit sad. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> <gasps> Let's start a cult based on Howard Holt. Did I say Cole? Harold. Harold. Not Howard. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I definitely would. Where like, every year we go swimming in Coogee Bay Beach. Can we just... We can do... <laughs> What's the swimming version of a fun run? Uh, nippers. Harold, no, that's wrong. Nippers. We can do it. The Harold Holt cult race. We'll can, we talk, can we talk offline? Yeah. Because I'm into it. Yeah, we'll find out when his birthday is. And Excellent. Um, uh, but yeah, so this, I, I, I guess John from, is like the pinnacle of all cult, of all cargo cults, isn't it? It's the biggest one. It's got like 6,000 followers. They... It's got a following. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's and they... I actually think it might be the Hillsong of Vanuatu. <laughs> I think you're right. Except without a collection plate. Put that in your book. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I've got... Plug. There's going to be a book. I think I mentioned this last episode and every episode in the future forever. It's going to be a book early 2019. I'm not a slow writer. There's just a lot of facts that have to be checked. So many facts. Um... You can fact off. And I've got, I've got some facts here. Oh, go on. Shoot me. Uh, notable examples of cargo cult activity. So the actual things they do Ooh. include the setting up of mock airstrips, airports, airplanes, offices, and dining rooms. So they actually set up these things because they're the, the sort of symbols of things that make the cargo come, as well as the fetishization and attempted construction of Western goods and I like this, although it seems a little bit condescending, such as radios made of coconuts and straw. It's very Gilligan's Island. But... <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see Gilligan. If, if it can be John from, why isn't there a ginger cult? I'd be part of it. Actually, maybe there is a ginger cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so a lot of the John from 
rituals involve marching, like 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 the military, North Korean military. I think like American military. <laughs> Thank you. No one marches like the North Koreans. No, that is intense, isn't it? I love those videos of the marches and the dances and everything until I realised that they're so precise because they're afraid for their lives. It always brings back down, doesn't it? It doesn't. We're like, oh, this is fun. The no. threat of imminent assassination, it kind of brings a bummer. You to will dance to Michael Jackson beat it, whether you like it or not. Uh, no, aren't they the prisoners that do that? Uh, who knows? Look, yeah. Anyway. I'm three wines in. Fuck off. So. But, but John Frum spawned a whole season of cargo cults in the islands of Vanuatu. And I think we're about to talk about our favourite. Should we dive in? I think, I don't think I've used this jingle before. Oh, But here there's we go. one that goes, it goes, what's your thing, what's your special thing? So, a special thing, what's your special thing? Hmm. Chief Jack, who sadly passed away in 2009, but is the cult is now run by his son, also called Jack. Um, He's a jack off the old block. There's oh, a I don't think I should say jack off. We He's are a chip both off sitting, the old jack. <laughs> we are both sitting here with no pants on. So. <laughs> um, Do you know you're like the eighth person that has made a no pants podcast oh, joke? Fuck, I'm so cliche. You are. The place is called... Why can't I pronounce it? My best guess is Yaunanen Village. I went with Yonan. Non? You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. Your best guess is terrible. I'm so wrong. Anyway, sorry. So the, the villages of... Yaunanen. Uh, in Tenna, basically, Chief Jack wanted to... Um, because of the heavy Christianity thing mm. going on in Vanuatu from the cargo cults he wanted to make the prince philip movement something different yeah so and they've got a really sweet active volcano on tanner a sweet active volcano which i think is also their problem but it brings it means that they have there's like volcano gods and and shit yeah the special thing about this cult is that all they have is two photos of prince philip one where he was slightly younger one where he was slightly older yeah but the rituals around how they Activate this cult. Is that a word? I don't know. I'm not in on cult. I'm new. <laughs> um, they basically sit around drinking kava, which is this like muddy beverage that the young boys of the tribe oh, make. We're talking about kava in a sec. Good job. <laughs> uh, and then they just gossip and chat about Prince Philip, which is like a really sweet cult. Like if I was going to join a religion, one that's just... Why not one that worships... Gossip. A- kind of a racist but i just think that's a really a really sweet and also unique yeah part of their cult is that they just sit around and talk about a 95 year old white man so basically the existing part of the yaunan villages beliefs was so before they had exposure to any i hate saying white man but that's kind of you know why you hate it why because you're white yeah. Like, and it feels a bit wrong. They already believed that the son of the mountain god... So there were two chicks hanging out on the side of the volcano and then the mountain god came out, rooted them, and they were... Like, no, with, like with consent. With okay. consent. And they, Can we give them names? I, I just feel like it's better if we give them names. I think it's... Because I don't actually know their names, I feel like it would be disrespectful to give... Sherry and Mary names. I think we could do better. Like Shaz and maybe... Maz. They gave birth to the son of the mountain god. And the son of the mountain god went away. Yes. And to find himself, he wanted to marry a powerful woman. So this is their existing knowledge. Yeah. Then colonisation happens. And they see pictures in government buildings and stuff of the queen Liz and her husband Phil the duke yep the duke old prince philip old pp 
and they were like, pee-pee. Oh, also the son of the mountain god apparently had quite light skin. And so they see these pictures of him and they're like, wait a second. Who is that? Light-skinned, married to a powerful woman from overseas. He's our dude. He was born here. He was born on Tanner. So they're convinced that he's the dude. And then 1974, Liz and Phil actually visit. Which is a big thing because they don't go many places. Nuh-uh. Like, when's the last time that Liz came to Australia? No, she comes here quite a lot. But I think they keep Phil or Pee-Pee away a bit because... He's a racist. He says racist things. He is fucking mental. He is... He's in his 90s level bonkers. He is like everyone's dad on another fucking level. Like everyone's dad's a bit racist. A little bit. My dad's dad was a bit racist. Um, He... The Duke. Yeah, the Duke. I'm going to do this until it catches on. Um, <laughs> Duke oh, PP. The PP. Yeah. Um, he once told a bunch of British students oh. to not stay in China too long for fear that they'd become 6699. I'm doing the hands. Yep. Slitty eyed. Yep. What the fuck? Slitty eyed. Slitty eyed. Uh, PP, that's horrible. That's fucked. And when he visited here, he asked the some Aboriginal, indigenous gentlemen. If they still throw spears at each other. But also, maybe instead of asking the people once you get here, learn a bit about the people that you apparently, 6699, rule over. Oh, PP, take a leaf out of Joe and I's book and do a bit of a Google. That's right. Do a bit of a That's Google. That's how we know that you don't say Vanuatuan, you say Ni Vanuatu. On the all grandparents are racist, my gran- <laughs> my grandmother doesn't like dark-skinned people except when the West Indies cricket team gets a bit sweaty. I thought you were going to say except for the people that make my kebab. <gasps> no, but she, she likes them. when And she said this one Christmas dinner because that's when the good shit happens. When the West Indies fieldsmen bend over to pick up the ball and at that point we didn't hear how that sentence finished because we were like grandma no i think in the 1974 visit prince philip or pp or the duke uh wasn't aware that hashtag pp sometimes podcasts do that but we also have um imaginary merch we have an imaginary t-shirt for each episode what do you think it is so is it just hashtag pp i think it's a sarong Oh, he wasn't aware that there was this tribe that worshipped him or saw him as their deity. But one of, you know, people hear things, people at the palace hear things. And so he eventually did become aware. And the tribe sent him a letter. They sent a letter to the palace that he actually read. And I'm sorry, but I live in a metropolis. And if I tried to send a photo, a photo... A letter to the Duke requesting a special photograph. I'm certain I wouldn't get one. I'm certain he wouldn't read that letter. If I did, I guarantee you, PP, it would not get directly to PP. Oh, no. Like, I have some level of, like, oh, I, did you shit yourself? No. <laughs> I know that my, my, I've just had a sexy thought and, um, I've had a sexy thought and my shitting myself faces are really similar. But by the same token, if I just start a cult and choose either Tom Hardy or Jason Momoa as my deity, does that mean they'll read my letters? Also, how does a letter get from Vanuatu to the Buckingham Palace? I can't even send something to you and we live in the same suburb. Okay, my (laughs) next podcast will be called... How does the postal system work in your honour? Honestly, we need it. Not this one. So they sent him a letter and they said, and I don't know if it was badly translated or what, but it said... this is juicy. PP, (laughs) our darling PP, if you are from Tanner, wink, wink, the son of the mountain god, then (laughs) here is our gift to you of a specially carved club 
Not nightclub, like dong dong Sorry, club. I was thinking a bit of a palm situation. <laughs> yeah. They've just sent him a light-up <laughs> dance floor and a couple of fairy lights. Palms, you're so racist, just because they're a tropical nation. You said it. So they sent him a, a specially carved club and they said, if you are from Tanner, you know, if you're really the son of the mountain god, send us back a photo with this, holding this club. No, now that's happened to me multiple times on Grinder. <laughs> Someone said, if you really are hung for me, you'll send, send a me a photo. Send a photo holding your club. But whether or not he just skimmed the letter or didn't understand it properly, in 1980, Duke PP sent back a photo of him holding the club. And so they were like, yes, he is the son of the mountain god. He's our lord and saviour. Yeah. So that's their proof. So just a quick recap. I'm loving a recap, mm. um, mainly for my own mm. self. Of course. 1950, they saw the photo in some sort of parish or yes. government building by 74 they convinced themselves that he was because they f- he fit in with the whole light-skinned went over light-skinned, married a powerful woman powerful woman and would return one day to save them yes and when he did end of the world and apparently he'd just pop up on a rock just off the coast he'd be like hey guys and from that point on when pp landed on the rock their crops would be amazing. Their yams. Everything, all their yams. Yams would be abundant. Yeah, the yams would go ham. Um, everything would be awesome. They would also not, currently, if they commit adultery, they have to pay hefty fines. But no, Prince Philip comes back. Fuck go anyone for you it. want. Fuck whoever you like. Everyone's happy. Plus, they get all the white man's cargo, all of the riches and amazing factory-made goods that the white man in 6699 has enjoyed from now on. That's, it's our turn. Prince Philip movement to me sounds like they just made it the fuck up. Yeah, oh, we're back here again. They're just making it up. They are, but so, but... But like, so, it, it, okay, maybe I'm I not... I make up reasons... Yeah, but maybe I'm not explaining myself. Like, in 1950, they, carbs. in 1950, they saw... Who doesn't? Carbs are delicious. In 1950, they saw the photo and they were like, must be him. Mm. Remember that ancient story that we always tell about the volcano spirit? Yeah. But then the thing about the yams and having sex with people, they've just thrown it in. Absolutely, because that's their idea of paradise. Yeah. They take the things that they that hate they, about their current life. That they just want. And they go, like, that, yeah. But, the root of cults, right? Just but, aim, root, for, <laughs> root. <laughs> aim for the things that you want, not what is actually a, like spiritually or t- culturally the truth. But Am I being racist? No. No, you're, you're describing every cult and every religion, <sighs> not just... Damn. Prince Philip. Not I just thought the I picked the scab off no. Prince Philip movement. The nice thing is that these guys, I mean, a lot of cults take, you know, they pop themselves off to a compound so they don't have to participate in society, society. at large. Yeah. Whereas the Prince Philip movement, it sort of had its isolation built in. Yeah, well, they can't go anywhere. And its charismatic leader didn't even know, doesn't even know he's a leader, really. Uh, Which is kind of what you want. Yeah. You want, like, leader by default. Totally. And their ritual is just... They just incorporated that into their normal ritual, which we're going to talk about in a sec. They've turned their worship of PP into a ritual, so they pray to him for the good crops. Yeah, basically, they gossip about him, drink some kava, and then pray to him that the yams will be in abundance when mm. he returns. And have a little dance so and with this i want to talk about the carver ceremony for a sec yeah because because you've been i've been to like i went to fiji and did the touristy carver and then i went to vanuatu and did a bit of the touristy carver and i noticed oh vanuatu sorry the ni vanuatu carver is stronger than fiji and apparently the carver on tana is some of the strongest in vanuatu wow and so my boyfriend at the time, Dave and I, went to Vanuatu and we just got into... <laughs> Rooting is paused. Uh, and we just got into a cab outside our 
ridiculous resort, which wasn't that amazing, but it was just compared to how the locals live, you, yeah, feel, like, you feel bad. If you're it. listening, Google a picture of Yunnanan. It's not like it's still gorgeous, but it's I not... thought of Vanuatu as like resorts and white beaches, and and then when I googled it, I was like, oh, it's mostly volcanic sand. Like so, it's dark earth, but gorgeous plants. But like also very tradish huts and heaps tradish. Yeah, Tana is one of the most traditional islands in yeah. Vanuatu. Yeah, which is I, I don't know why, but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. We weren't on Tanner, obviously, although we did feel the volcano did a bit of a burp while we were there and the whole place shook in the middle of the night. It was quite exciting. But we got in a cab outside the resort, which is to say that we asked the person at reception to call us a cab, please. And then Dave, boyfriend at the time, RIP, said, we want to go to a carver bar that the locals go to. And I said, because I'm really shy in situations I'm not across, I said in a very high-pitched voice, do we? <laughs> and we got there and Dave was like, you sit there, I'll take care of this. And it was all blokes. I was the only girl there. And oh, Dave is um, like... Oof. Dave's adventure guy. Um, and he just went up to the thing and he went, how does it work? And they oh yeah, he's really... got this under control. <laughs> they, were quite, they were a bit brusque, but just gave me a couple of cups of kava. And kava, it's like a yeah, a mashed up mashed up leaf of a tree, and traditionally it's like chewed up and then spat out and mixed with water. Yeah, but is it like coffee or beer or? It's like none of those things. It's like mashed up root in mashed up leaf in dirty water well give us a palate like what does it taste like give us a, a most beer. people will say and i agree that it tastes like a bit like dirt in water so it tastes kind of muddy but it's got a peppery and edge. you paid for it oh well dave did i just sat in the corner oh, good old Dave. but it's an outdoor outdoor area and it's like someone's backyard you know what i'm picturing pre-done up for a 21st what i'm are you picturing? picturing that scene in muriel's wedding where they all have an argument about the cocktails <laughs> at the resort. Okay, but way less festive because <laughs> this is just local stuff. It's, so oh, it's a grassy yard. Sorry, and you've gone thing. to a foreign country and you've just done what the locals did. But but I was being such a princess. And Dave came back with the two cups of cover and we did it. And it was immediately sort of muddy, peppery, and then just chill. Oh. Just chill. So it makes your whole mouth and part of your... Alimentary canal. Thank you. Thank you. Your medical terms. Someone's got a degree. Go quite numb. Yeah, I have a, I have a degree in art education. Um, quite numb. And then just everything goes But not even in a noticeable, you know, I hear a marijuana way. It's just... Like not bit, in a drug way? Not in a drug way, just in a... Like it's not a sudden relaxed thing. It's not a you're not you don't feel high. You're just a bit slow. I feel like kava, like in conjunction with the um, traditional method of like manhood ceremony mm. in Vanuatu, is possibly the cause of these cargo cults. Like, it's a bit chill, and it makes sunsets look. Amazing, <laughs> but it's not. You sound like someone who just got back from Bali. I wouldn't believe that even at three times my experience, that Carver would inspire anything or make anything particularly trippy. It's just slow. Right. It's just so Carver is like the physical drinky embodiment of other place time. It slows everything down, but you're not high and you're not, it's not making any decisions for you. Yeah, right. So I think it just makes any rituals. It doesn't sound as fun as marijuana. No. <laughs> or so I've heard. So I've heard. Hey, our mums. Um, so I think any of the rituals to do with old Prince Philip PP, uh, I just thought of Prince Philip's PP. I regret that Shriveled. so big. Shriveled. <laughs> So if you're listening, Prince Philip, 
and your shriveled appendage. Oh, Welcome. he's got a Google alert on himself for sure. Do you think he yes. is? He's also got a Google alert for the phrase I the just Duke. pause because I realise we're about to talk in depth about the Duke of Edinburgh's penis. He's retired now. The little Duke. <laughs> Duke Junior. <laughs> um, I want to say that... Okay, so the the traditional ceremony for worshipping pp no for um drinking carver playing with entering manhood okay is bungee jumping yes but it's not even really bungee jumping it's really just jump off a cliff smack your head on some rocks and you're a man it's not rocks it's a pile of dirt i'm still gonna claim concussion (laughs) yeah mixed with carver way back in the day equals cargo cults no i don't know look who are we to say who are we to say but honestly the traditions are but basically so they're asking for his blessing and then they believe that when he comes back no more sickness and death everyone will become young again their crops will be amazing some even believe that they will turn white and white people will turn black. oh really yes and they'll be able to have sex with whoever they want and they'll get all this cargo. Or as Oprah would put it, you get a cargo and you get a cargo. Everybody gets a cargo. I hate you for that. I know you do. <laughs> I've got it written here in bold <laughs> and capitals. Well done. Yeah, thanks, babe. So after all this, there's a bit of a gap where they just kept doing their daily rituals. Yeah. It's a non-invasive cult. They're not hurting anyone. Yeah. No one's dying from it. They're just doing them. And then they... Which makes it really cute. I know. And it feels condescending to say cute, but it is cute. Um, And I also like... Okay, the language... There's many, many languages. I think Vanuatu is the most language-rich area in the entire world. There's more language per capita... Wow. ...than pretty much anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Because there's so many small, isolated groups... But the lingua franca is Bislama. I hope I'm saying that right. But it's kind of a Vanuatu-specific pigeon. And I learned a tiny bit of it when I was there on an intensely touristy, very brief holiday. So I'm certainly no expert. But one of the bits I love about it is that it's based on the vocabulary of English, but the um, way of speaking of Melanesia. So it uses a lot of our words, but they just go, we're taking that, but we're making it our stuff. So if I'm a person, if I'm a lady from Sydney, then I'm woman blong Sydney. So blong is a really, really common word in Bislama that means from pretty much but i would also be a woman blong podcast or i don't know woman blong sarcasm (laughs) like it's it can mean a lot of things and it's this really really simple but broadly applicable language and i love it and there was a dude called matthew bayless who went and stayed he'd he'd long been obsessed with prince philip he thought it was he was unfairly labelled as racist. And he went and stayed for a while with the people of Yanan village and then wrote a book. And his book, and I love the title of this book, is Man Blong Mrs. Queen. <laughs> which is what they call Prince Philip. He's Man Blong Mrs. Queen. And I just fucking love that. Did you see the documentary where they took the four tribesmen to I England? didn't watch it. Did you watch it? I watched parts one and part six. Okay, so there's, yeah, there's the this thing called of, Meet the... Uh, Meet the Natives. Meet the Natives. Was it a Channel 4? Yeah, channel. I think it was Channel 4. And so they took four tribesmen and, like, made them stay with f- f- four English families mm. in London, England. The oh, general. not the other London the general vicinity of London. Uh, 
and but it's narrated by them in their sort of it's <gasps> not in it's not in Bizlama, but it's sort of in his version of English, oh, which wow. is quite cute. Oh, I really want to watch it. Yeah. Um but off screen they have a meeting with the Duke, PP. Why I wonder why it wasn't but, filmed. Do you think yeah. that was from the palace that they couldn't film it? I, I think it's because he's a bit bonkers. <laughs> like, I, I honestly yeah. think that he would have... Because I would have loved to have seen that. And I wonder if it was always going to be, you can meet him, but we won't be filming it. Or we'll film it, but we get final say. And maybe he said and some shit. And they cut shit. it out. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. I, I only watched it because I wanted to see him meet them. Because it's like, that's like yeah. Christians meeting Jesus. Or even Mary, and- you know. Two things, because I want to get into on, into a couple of other shows that featured him in a sec, but also two things have happened semi-recently that are quite significant to the Prince Philip movement. One is that in 2015, there were was a cyclone, Cyclone Pam, I think. Which um, is a great name. None of the cyclones have good names. They all sound like frigid aunts. <laughs> um, but... They were like, oh, my God, this is the – this is might be the end of the world because, according to them, like, Prince Philip is responsible for all of the good things that happen on Tanner and elsewhere in the world. So whenever they have a good crop, it's because Prince Philip has blessed them. Um, even them looking around the world, the, the little information that they get, it's like whenever a black person and a white person get married, it's because of the good influence of Prince, Prince Philip – they considered Obama being in the White House as the doing of Prince Philip because he's all about, you know, promoting um, the lives of of black people. Yeah. But the other thing that happened that they, I don't think they knew how to, there were lots of news stories about this because they didn't know how to take it, is Prince Philip resigning from public life Yeah, that last they saw year. it as him gaining a higher level of... Yeah, but it's like, does that mean he's not... Like, it was both, yay, it's nearly that time. It's nearly that time when we get all our cargo and where... He returns. Yeah, and where we get to have sex with whoever we want. But also, does that mean he's not going to come and visit? Yeah. Because they really thought that he would still come and visit. Yeah. Because he's never actually been to Tanner. I'm bummed that I didn't get a chance to watch Meet the Natives yet. Oh, it's not that great. But I did watch... (laughs) The two times that Attenborough's spoken about Vanuatu in general, one was in 1975 and it's um, the Tribal Eye series. And it is very 1975, but it's called Man Blong Custom. And it's, I oh, see, I love that, the blong uh. thing. Um, and can I just say, he, he doesn't mention cargo cults in particular, but he does go and spend some time in Vanuatu and... A young Attenborough in shorts is amazing. But David, Uncle David Attenborough, don't skip leg day. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um, but he also did, and I, this there's other episodes of this series that are available, but not one episode he did do on Cargo Cults from his series called The People of Paradise. So it's episode two of The People of Paradise, which was broadcast originally in 1960 holy shit i badly want to see that yes and that's about cargo cults but what i did watch was there's an episode of an idiot abroad where carl pilkington and i've always find that really hard to say a very bad moment in tv history say carl pilkington carl pilkington it's really hard with the old pool um partly he does do the bungee jump but also he does go and visit Yannanen village and has a look at the Prince Philip shrine and everything. Which is underwhelming. But he's kind of, he's so freaked out. My favourite bit though is when he goes to the volcano and he wants to throw something in and they say, you can't throw something in. And he says, well, what's the point of having it then? (laughs) What's the point of having a volcano if you can't just chuck stuff in? Whenever a... A British person visits, they either ask or assume that they are related to the prince, to the duke. Yeah, right. To Pepe. I really want to give them internet. 
Sweetie, don't. You're a missionary. You're a digital missionary. Oh, that's the that T-shirt. That is the T-shirt. I'm a digital missionary. Which or just is digital every missionary. vegan on Instagram. If we're still friends at Christmas, hint, we still will be. Uh, we're giving each other digital missionary T-shirts. Done and done. Done. Everyone that's visited, like the dude, Matthew Bayless, who visited. I just want to do a quote from his book because it's quite good. Yeah. Uh, the cult said that no one ever saw me shitting, which was interesting because I actually shat constantly. So this is Matthew in his visit, writing about his visit to the cult. I think I might have been responsible for a ceremony that they do on Prince Philip's birthday too. While I was there, I told them when his birthday was and asked them if they did anything on it. They said, no, why would we do that? Now they have a big dance on his birthday. I think I sowed the seeds for that. And I just thought you could go to Yaunanen Village in Tanna oh, and just go. go, P.S. Prince Philip wears a gumboot on his head. You could be a bastard about it and just tell them things that Prince Philip does and they'd be like, yeah, Prince Philip draws a little face on his penis. Hey and they'd guys, be like, well, we have to. Prince Philip makes racist remarks <laughs> about everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Do you think that's like a conflicting thing for him though? Like you're really, Prince Philip is really a uh, a messiah by default to yeah. a, a race of people that he might not necessarily like. They're yeah. brown and they're a tribe in a foreign country, mm. in a developing country. Mm. Do you think he feels a bit conflicted? I don't. You're assuming that he feels anything. <laughs> That's true. He is married to a lizard. I think, yeah, I, it's pronounced Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, but I think he would... Like, as a racist. I know. He would think, isn't that darling, the, the Blackies, uh, love me. Like, that's really like putting Pauline Hanson in Darwin and saying, there you go, love. Fuck. Like... Is- don't. What if there's a tribe that worships Pauline Hanson? Oh, there is. One nation. Yeah. <laughs> random, random, random facts. I'm talking random facts. I'm talking random facts about cults and that. Cults and that. That is the most perfect thing I've ever heard. Um, this is less of a random fact, but I just want to sh- do a shout out to the Nambus. And the Nambus is the folded leaf situation that people on Tana do around their penises. It's their little leafy loincloth. I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> so I, I kind of wish all of these, look at me, wishing that cults were better than they were. Yeah. I wish that there was more sex in the Prince Philip movement. Like, apart from when Prince Philip returns, they can fuck whoever they want. Yeah. Which is my mantra in life, really. I wake yeah. up every morning, I look in the mirror, and I just say, Raddy, fuck whoever you want. So when Prince Philip comes, everyone can. Everyone comes. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's the secondary T-shirt. Maybe that's the pair of underpants. That's on the sarong. Yeah, I wish that was involved in the cult somehow, like the, the wrapping of the penis. I will, isn't every, isn't every rapper really a rapper of the penis? <laughs> Cheers. Oh God, there's so many truths. Um, random fact. Go. One of the, uh, the pinnacle. Raddy is indicating pinnacle. Raddy is indicating total eclipse of the heart. What's it called? The pinnacle criteria for cults, random fact is yoga. What are you talking about? Well, my, most cults do some sort of meditation or yoga, right? I thought you said Yoda. Yoga. Right. Prince Philip movement, no yoga. Utterly, utterly true. Can I, this is a random fact. Uh, you can. Part of the, this is horrible. Are you aware of the Australian practice known as blackbirding? Uh, no, do tell. This is bloody awful. Uh, and it's Wait, one sorry, of... can I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Um, blackbirding is the act of... Shh. 
shoving <laughs> go on dead magpie inside of someone during a sexual act so close but it but what you're missing is the opportunity for for me to make you feel really bad for that Ooh. Blackbirding is the practice of mostly Australian plantation owners of popping over to Melanesia and basically just kidnapping islanders to come and work on their plantations Fuck off. as slaves. So it's pretty much Australia's own slavery history. And a lot of is them died. Is this still going on? No. I think no, 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 no. I was about to get up yeah. and start a no, movement. No, no, no. <laughs> but there's, it was mostly Queensland. Good on you. And there were not a heap of survivors, but those that went back, that's, that was also another influence of white culture on Melanesians. Melanesians. But it Wait, was, well, was Is that... Okay. We don't talk about that. Like, Australians have just pushed that under the carpet. Blackbirding was fucking horrible. Also... What what was the repercussion when they went back to Vanuatu? Well, they picked up some language and some learnings. Not good. Not good. No. No. But there were lots and lots that didn't make it back. That's fucked. It's it's super fucked. And not super in like a Superman way. I think... What a journey. I think we're done. We... But it's still going on and I... I'm really, really curious as to what happens when at 90, 90, 95, 90, 95, as he is at time of recording, um, what happens when he, when PP cocks it, that every single cult and religion is fascinating, fascinating. And probably 90% of the people listening to this have never heard of it. I don't know. I don't like to Prince Philip movement. It's very niche. Do you like, have you in the past week or so told people what you're doing today and then taken joy in watching their faces as you tell them that there's a tribe in Vanuatu that believes that Prince Philip is a deity? Do you love the face that people make? So I told my housemate this morning Mm. and she was eating Vegemite toast and she went, I was sort of, I was up to the point about uh, the volcano. Yeah. Very early in the story. Yeah. And she just picked up her plate and stuff and went, oh, yeah, good luck. And then walked away. No. How do you walk away from Pee and his gang? I don't know. Uh, anyway, she's probably listening to this now filled with fucking regret. What's her name? Haley. What's up, Haley? No. I've got a random fact. What is it? It's story. Is that okay? Hashtag story time YouTube. Do it. Um, my mum said to me on New Year's Eve, this is actually why I chose the Prince Philip movement. Mm. She said to me on New Year's Eve, oh, Rad, God, it's a big year coming up. There's a baby on the way. <laughs> Which baby? And a wedding. And I was like, oh, who? Like, my who's pregnant? Who's getting married? And she said... Oh, well, Kate's having another baby and Harry's getting married. No! The fucking royals. But... Go on, do your outro. It's... It's been a delight. Uh, Partly because we haven't had to talk about any murders, rapes, pedophilia, chemical fucking warfare. It's a delightful cult. It is. Which you don't say often, do you? Not those two words are generally reserved for A, toddlers, and B, murderers, <laughs> in order. So, thank a you. A delightful murderer. Thank you for the opportunity to mix it up and also look up Nivanuatu. Oh, I'm happy to provide. And look, usually my sign-off is of a certain format, but thanks to you. You're going rogue. And I'm going to do... I'm going to do the first one we thought of, which is... Can you point to me when I have to do something? Yeah. And you just have to basically say, don't join a cult. Okay, great. But because we're in the... Is it the South Pacific? Is that where Oceania is? Joe, it's too late. Because we're on a tropical island, I'm going to say, 
if being in a cult is so wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> Tell them they shouldn't join one. <laughs> don't join a cult. Call your mum instead. Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> You've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, on Two Coconuts Joined with String. My co-host for this episode was Rowdy Walden, who has nicer shirts than you. Further reading and still no merch can be found on the Zealot Facebook page, and music is by the Everglades, who played all three Pointer Sisters in the movie Here Come the Pointer Sisters. Pardon? Cults. <laughs>